And uh, I'm so glad uh, that you're worshiping with us today. And um, uh, Brian, uh, as he prayed, I, I just echo his prayer and his thoughts of uh, prayers for uh, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris and their in administration as they uh, begin their work um, later this week. Indeed, uh, these are most challenging times uh, for our country. As God's people, uh, we should want our government to succeed at the Herculean task that are ahead. I mean, just think about this for a moment. Dealing with the aftermath of the horrific events of January 6th, getting 90% of our country uh, vaccinated, rebuilding a wobbling economy, dealing with the impact of COVID on our kids, our schools, our community and everyday life, it's gonna be a challenge. And it's gonna require enormous goodwill and cooperation among, yes, our government, yes, businesses, nonprofits, and yes, faith communities. And on this weekend that we remember the life and the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., I think it's really important that we also recognize that there is just so much more work to do when it comes to seeking justice for all. The events of January 6th, and of course, even all the events of 2020, the disgusting symbols of hatred and bigotry and white supremacy that we saw on January 6th was yet again another jarring reminder of what so many of our brothers and sisters of color already know, that there is just so much work to do. And by the way, we worship with many brothers and sisters of color every single week. We as God's people must stand against this kind of hatred and we must stand with our brothers and sisters of color and insist that our government, our businesses, our nonprofits, and yes, our churches stand against systemic racism. Please know, and I want you to know from the heart of your pastor, I do not take our role as God's people lightly in all of this. We have important work to do here, tending to the souls of the people in our parish here in Old Town. I think it's important that we have a, a parish mindset and not just a, a one church mindset, that as we navigate this challenging season, we want to lend our hearts, our hands, our resources to reach people for Jesus and to seek the well-being and the peace of our city. This is a city that God has called us to. It's a city that God has given us a sacred trust and responsibility uh, to serve, and then obviously extended beyond the city of Alexandria, everywhere where each one of us live, work, and play. This past week, I had an opportunity, as I mentioned earlier in the welcome, to interview uh, Mayor Justin Wilson, the mayor of the city of Alexandria by Zoom. And in this interview, I asked him very point blank, what can a faith community like ours, what can we do to help? What can we do to be a resource in our community? Take a look at uh, this Zoom interview uh, with him, and then I'll be back uh, to share our teaching time. You know, one of the things as a, as a congregation is we, you know, we, we, we do our best not to be political, right? You know, so we, 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 stay, we stay focused on uh, our, our biblical call to pray uh, for our leaders, and we pray for you regularly, so I want you to know that. 
Um, and we pray for our government leaders at all levels, and and we we routinely pray for you. And so, first thing I wanted to ask you is, this is a tough time. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. It's um, it's certainly been a difficult. Um, it's been a difficult year. Um, obviously, uh, COVID and kind of the larger the larger uh, racial equity reckoning uh, for our community and for our country, um, and then just the incredible divides um, that uh, that we have seen. And I, and I think the the stress and the moment that everyone is is living in has uh, exacerbated some of those divides, unfortunately. And um, and so, uh, you know, it's been tough. I think we have, uh, we have a great staff, we have a great community. Um, and, uh, and, you know, while at the same time, there's been a lot of difficulty, um, there's also been extraordinary bright spots. I mean, you know, we recognized a couple of weeks ago, 3000 plus volunteers who have given some time to the community in the last year, um, you know, staffing our food uh, distribution points, staffing our testing or COVID testing points. Um, are now our vaccination points, you know, uh, uh, folks who are just trying to find ways to give back in some way in this community. And um, that's, you know, that makes all the difficult parts uh, a, a little more worthwhile because you, you yeah. see just the incredible generosity in the community, which has been great. Yeah. How, what would you say is your biggest challenge right now? <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I, I think, first of all, obviously, we, we got to get we got to get past the public health crisis. Um, and, you know, we get past that, uh, we have the, the carnage that the public health crisis has created. So we have the, the, the human services crisis, you know, food insecurity, housing insecurity, um, uh, economic employment challenges. Uh, we have the larger economic challenges, you know, the challenges for the city's economy, um, you know, the, 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 the brunt that our small businesses have taken, uh, have, have handled and, you know, and so and so getting past that and then trying to um, get back to making progress on so many things, you know, I mean, we obviously have been set back uh, years on a lot of efforts, um, but, um, you know, we can't we can't wallow in that, you know, we have to we have to continue moving forward on a variety of different issues. So, I, you know, clearly the, the pandemic is the challenge to jour right now, but um you know, I, I think it's it touches on so many other issues, and, it, and in some ways, it 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 highlights and exacerbates existing uh, challenges. Right? It it highlights um, uh, issues that we had in our community already. It it um, it takes challenges that we had and make them ten times worse. And um, and, and I think that's been um, you know a, a a real challenge for us. I mean, you, you you know, just on the public health side, right? You know, the 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 virus has not hit our community equally. Um, you know, our brown and black residents have been hit much harder. Um, and that's not because the virus is, is racist. It's because um, the virus preys on, on health inequities um, right. that um, are, are prevalent in our black and brown communities. And so, um, you know, and I think that uh, that is showing, it's, it's bearing and, and exposing those inequities that have existed long ago. And those health inequities are connected to wealth inequities that are connected to educational inequities that are connected to, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that's the, the, the challenge. That's the work we have ahead. Um, well, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that because it lets us know, you know, specifically how to, how to pray for you and pray for our city government, um, the, uh, our church highly, we, we are motivated and, um, we, we are committed to doing what we can in, in the city. And so one of the things that we, 
we are part of a, a network of churches that uh, has a, a hot breakfast for uh, the hungry, most of whom are homeless. Uh, we do that on Wednesday morning. Um, during the pandemic, uh, we um, had food distribution, by the way. You helped us uh, very quickly get some parking in, in front of our building. Our building is right across from the uh, Lyceum. Yeah, sure. No, uh, no. Where the statue used to be. And, um, and so we really appreciate that. And so every other Friday, we, we uh, gave away food. And, um, you know, I said our, our, our community was really supportive in that, you know, because cars would line up, you know, around around the block, around Duke Street and, and on the back. And rarely did did uh, from from a traffic perspective, anybody blow the horn and get mad at us for, for doing it. So so God works in mysterious ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if you can I mean, if you can surmount uh, parking problems in Old Town, some, someone's on your side. Right. That's a. We hope, to that. Yeah, we hope to continue that. Our, our, we're still working on the, the, the our, our source resource for food dried up just a little bit. So we're working with Alive and some others on trying to yeah. generate that again. So let, let, let me I, know if you have any challenges. I mean, we're happy to, to help. Um, okay. it, it's, it's been a challenge. I mean, I've been talking to some other nonprofits and faith communities in the, in the city who have struggled with that same thing. And I, and I think it, it, it's, it's been a challenge for the food distribution networks to scale up the way they've had to do in this, in this, in this pandemic. And so, um, you know, I mean, you know, you've talked to Alive, I mean, you know what they're dealing with and they, they get food through the Capital Area Food Bank as well as others. And just everyone's struggling to kind of scale up to the level required, which. Right. Right. Yeah. We were able to give away a couple hundred thousand pounds before it, it dried up. So we, because we we do we value that um, it was something we just started doing uh, very quickly uh, this this past year, but we hope to continue that long term if 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 we're able. Um, because as you said, I mean the the impact of COVID on our community is going to last a while, and um, and so we we really want to get into that as much as we can. And um, so with that in mind, the, the biggest question uh, and the last question I have for you is um, how, how can you envision a faith community uh, coming along beside our business community, our, our city government? What can we do most right now? If you, if you said, wow, I'd love to mobilize a congregation uh -huh. uh, to, do, to do X in Alexandria because it's really needed, what would that be? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll say this. I'll, I'll tell you about kind of the general needs that are out there, and then, and then we can talk about the best way um, that we can partner. I, I think you're already on one of them. You know, food insecurity is definitely something we've seen a, a, a significant increase on. And, you know, we have a number of uh, uh, faith communities that have stepped up um, to, uh, to partner with, you know, Alive's a, a been the kind of... Uh, uh, the, the one, the official, if you will, yeah. um, food distribution partner of the city. And we've been working very closely with them. Uh, but there have been a whole bunch of other organizations who have, uh, have spread out and kind of taken care of different niches. You know, I'm, I'm right here. I can see uh, Grace Episcopal Church from my um, my house here. And, you know, they've been working very hard with uh, the Orlando community and some of our lower income Latino, uh, Latino populations, um, which has been very, very effective. Um, and so food is certainly a big one. Um, we've also had obviously an enormous uh, uptick in housing insecurity. And so uh, we have been um, 
we have been working um, from the city perspective to address, uh, to provide emergency rent relief um, for folks working with landlords, try to keep people from being evicted um, during this time and, uh, and expanding the number of housing opportunities that are out there uh, to, to help folks, as well as uh, providing, um, uh, you know, kind of the, the nexus between housing and public health. You know, we, we have, uh, uh, you know, we've seen the, the virus spread particularly quick in families where you know they're in close uh, they're in close quarters and they don't have the ability to quarantine at home you know we all take for granted that i got you know i got a guest bedroom right there if someone in my house uh, were to contract the virus uh, they're going to live in that be bedroom until they're okay you know uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people can't do that in a in a um, in, in a crowded um, living arrangement and so we've been working with a variety of different partners to provide different uh, quarantine housing operations for for people who need to uh, need to get out of their house or need a family member out um, you know, we have um, uh, the employment sink thing has been a, a challenge too. You know, uh, there's a lot of jobs that are, are tied up, uh, particularly in some of our vulnerable communities around uh, around the hospitality industry. And the hospitality industry has been hit the hardest um, for uh, uh, during this pandemic. I mean, just you know, we track our um, our what I call our consumption-based taxes. It's dining tax, sales tax. Um, uh, transit lodging, which is our hotel tax, uh, and um, and you know just since you know February through um, through October, you know fifteen million dollars of lost uh, tax revenue to the city, and that gives you an idea how much the overall loss in the industry was, and that translates to jobs. Um, you know that translates to jobs, and so either jobs or un underemployment. And so we have an enormous number of folks in our city who are are either unemployed or underemployed. And um, and you know there's a lot of different organizations which are helping in some ways uh, with that, either by um, you know uh, as I said, providing some emergency re rent relief and things like that. You know there's a couple of faith communities that have um, uh, uh, ministries to help uh, support um, individuals who are struggling to pay rent or paying utility bills or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's super helpful in this um, in, in, in this environment. Um, and then obviously money is a is a is a very helpful one. You know, we have um, we've partnered with Act for Alexandria, the Alexandria Community Trust, um, it, which is our official community foundation. And they have set up they set up um, at the beginning of the pandemic. They set up what we what they called the COVID-19 relief fund at the beginning. And they pumped um, they raised a million dollars. And then pumped it out into different nonprofits who were addressing um, uh, COVID-related issues. They've now rebranded that to the um, the Alexander Resilience Fund, and okay. um, you know now that we're kind of rolling out of the, I hope we're rolling out of kind of the emergency response and into the how do we how do we rebuild in the future? Um, they're reorienting that fund to address those kind of issues. You know we have uh, childcare challenges for a lot of our families. Um, particularly some of our frontline workers. Um, you know, a lot of our frontline workers who have to be at work right now and need their kids to be in safe environments. Some of the daycares have scaled down considerably or um, they can't keep their programs running because of COVID impacts. And so trying to find places, safe places for these kids to go, as well as places, safe places where these kids who are in school um, can do virtual learning. You know, I mean, if, the, yeah. if mom and dad have to be uh, at work you know, at a, at a grocery store, at a healthcare employer or something like that, you know, you're leaving elementary school kids at home trying to do virtual learning like there's just, it, it doesn't work. And so I think trying to find 
opportunities there has been a, a, a real critical uh, focus for us uh, during this. So I, I think that's, that's kind of a laundry list of things, but I, I think all of those things are places where we've seen uh, different faith communities around the city say, hey, that's something we can take on or we can help with that. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, um, that's, that's powerful. We were blessed. We received a grant from ACT uh, around the hunger uh, initiatives, but it's really helpful to hear uh, all those different different uh, needs uh, from your perspective. We, we have a facility that we, uh, it's interesting, right before 2020, we made a, a, a very conscious statement and decisions to release as much of our facility to our community to, to bless the community and that it would be a hub for goodness. And so, um, you know, so if anything comes across your mind, uh, just know that, that we're a congregation that if we can make it happen, if we can help, we, 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 we will. And, and we re always respond and seek to respond to the needs that are pressing our community. Well, um, well and, and, and can I just say one other thing? Yeah, you know, please, please. A, a, another thing that I think is gonna be important, particularly now, as we go into a vaccination stage is, yes. Um, the, the, the role that congregations can play around uh, around public education and yeah. uh, and, and um, not just for congregants but for the broader community uh, particularly some of the harder reach uh, portions of our community you know trying to spread the word about um, you know obviously the, the, the science around vaccinations and things like that and the safety and all that um, but but also just the process and, 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 and how people can avail themselves of, of some of these public health um, uh, advancements. And so I, I think that's that's certainly going to be a part of this uh, process that we, we we get a lot more aggressive in over the next couple of months as the availability of vaccinations grows considerably. Yes, and and we're we're ready to do whatever uh, is needed, and and but and we will do our part in modeling and and communicating and encouraging Great. Uh, vaccinations not only for um, our congregation but also for uh, those who uh, avail themselves to our our food ministries. Great. And I don't know, I'm sure that, that probably Alexandria City Health is, is where some of the homeless are probably able to get vaccinated. But if, yeah. if, you, need a, if you need a facility for that, we're glad to help with, with anything like that. They know us. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's great. They, and they trust us. Um, and so we're glad to help with that. So. No, that's really good. And, and we, we may very well uh, reach out on that. I think, you know, we're still in the early phases where we're doing yeah. designated populations and all that. But um, after we get... Uh, past the kind of early phases, we're gonna we're gonna start a very aggressive work on the hard to reach populations, and um, you know, working with various community partners who have um, who are trusted voices um, with those with those populations, and I, and I think uh, we will absolutely take you up on that. Yeah, great. Well, uh, Mayor Wilson, just know uh, you're being prayed for, and um, and you've given us uh, some very specific ways uh, to continue to pray for you. Uh, the city government, the vice mayor uh, works with Together We Bake. We yeah. host them here. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Elizabeth is is a good friend yeah. and uh, we enjoy working with her. So blessings on you and uh, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for everything you're doing and your offers of help and we appreciate it. And thank you so much for praying for me. We need it. After the 1918 Spanish flu uh, pandemic, there was a resurgence in spirituality. A friend of mine said that you know, unlike then, we may not see, you know, mass, large-scale revivals, but we in the church need to be ready to catch the spirit and the winds of revival in a hundred little buckets. For us, that means being ready to help where needed, 
to open our facility to our community and to tend to the heart of our community. That's our task. That's our great task in 2021. So it is really good that again this week, we are talking about the power of prayer because we have a God-sized challenge ahead of us, not only as a country, but we have a God-sized challenge ahead of us as the church of Jesus Christ here in our community. Now, two weeks ago on January 3rd, we focused on having a heart set for prayer. In other words, to pray with confidence, to pray with prevailing power, and to pray with persistence. Today, what I'd like for us to do is to move from the heart set of prayer to the actual practice of prayer by taking a look at the Lord's Prayer uh, that Brian read earlier. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, some of you may know, has been also called the Disciples' Prayer. And it's another one of those passages that I believe uh, a congregation should revisit every year. You know, I actually looked back and, and I noticed that we haven't revisited this prayer uh, in four years in sort of a, a teaching context. Now, for those of you who grew up saying the Lord's Prayer uh, every week in worship, um, please know we'll try to do better and, and do it sooner uh, next time. But what I'd like to suggest for our tutorial in prayer this morning is four images of prayer that as we hold them in our mind, I believe they will deepen our practice of prayer. So four images of prayer. The first image is the image of the table. Some of you have probably seen uh, this classic picture before. This grandfatherly man is, is praying at the table. I know that my parents had this picture uh, in the home in which I grew up. The table is the very centerpiece of the home. It is the place where family ga families gather. It's where they share needs and concerns. It's the place where they share high moments and low moments. And it is the table of the Lord where we find our spiritual home. You know, we all have a deep need for a place to call home, a place where we can feel loved unconditionally, a place where we can be received for, for who we are and not just what we produce in life like the rest of the world, a place where we can be loved and valued and a place where we can be nurtured to grow into the, the men and women that God wants us to be, a place that is safe and secure from all alarms as the old hymn says, a place where we are protected from the cold winds and harsh storms of life. You ask anyone who has ever been without a home or they didn't feel like they had a, a place to call home. I'm not just talking about a physical shelter, but I mean a, a place where they're loved unconditionally. They will describe an incredible sense of vulnerability and angst. For some of us, the families in which we grew up provides an image of such a place. For others, our earthly families didn't provide this. So we seek it elsewhere through deep friendships. We seek it through the church of Jesus. We seek to, to rebuild that sense as we start and nurture our own families. The life of prayer offers us a spiritual homecoming at the seat of God's table. When we enter into prayer, we are encountering in an intimate and mystical way the listening presence of God. Think about that for a moment. In prayer, we are encountering the listening presence of God, and we're seated at the most wonderful table that we could ever dream of or imagine. 
The table is the place where you can pour your heart out in honest, vulnerable prayer, a place where you can be known completely and loved deeply. Jesus starts the whole prayer by establishing the Father's house, so to speak. He starts out by teaching us to pray, our Father. The word for a father in the Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus spoke, is Abba. The closest equivalent we have in English is the word Daddy. It is to speak of the paternal parent in the most affectionate way, like you would at the table as you're sharing a meal together. Imagine the God of the universe, the God who is our creator and sustainer of all life, wants you to come through the front door of prayer. Let it swing shut behind you and call out, Daddy, I'm home. And then stay a while and be safe from the harsh storms of life. Now, a few words of encouragement to help you round out this image. Be yourself. Be yourself. When you approach God in prayer, just be yourself. The table is that place where we are known for who we are. I have been blessed to be able to pursue education in my journey to, to, to for, for undergraduate degree, graduate degree, doctoral degree. Yet when I go home, they, they remind me who I am. And they remind me uh, to just be filled. God knows you better than you know yourself. So there's no point in trying to be like someone else. There's no point in trying to pray like the greatest theologian or the eloquence of a poet. You know, how some people will, will somehow just change almost personas in prayer. You know, our father. No. Home is where a place where we don't have to put on airs. We don't have to be pretentious and thank God we don't need to because we're known already. We're known deeply for who we are. It's also, let me encourage you to request and receive nourishment at the table. The table is a place where we are fed. And it's where we receive nourishment. Jesus says that we should ask God for our daily bread. And that God will provide. Some have suggested the term bread means just spiritual bread and sustenance. And we get that. Jesus tells us that. He says that he is the bread of life and that when we come to him, we will spiritually never be hungry again. But I also submit to you that when he says, give us this day our daily bread, it also has a very literal meaning. It means that we should approach our father in heaven and ask him for our most basic needs in life. And get this, God delights in feeding his children. My kids have pretty much gotten off the family payroll, and I used to joke about that reality uh, all the time. But the reality is, I love providing sustenance for them when they come over. Uh, our son's living with us now. I love cooking for them. Most fathers do love providing for their children. The last thing I'll say just to round up this image of prayer as a table is come to the table frequently. There's a reason we usually need to eat two or at least at least two or three times a day. God didn't make us to go long stretches without needing to be reminded that we need to be physically nourished. Well, God didn't design our spiritual life that either. We need to come to the table of prayer often. We can't go months and months and months without spiritual nourishment.
Prayer is a table at which we draw close to God. Is the place is the table at which we draw close to God, and we receive our nourishment. If you have not been to the table in a while, know you're welcomed. Know that God welcomes you. So prayer is a table. Let that image deepen your prayer life. Now let me offer another one. That is prayer as a bridge. Now just stay with me here. Along with our deep need for a seat at the table and a place to call home, we also have a deep need for significance. In other words, we have a deep need for purpose and mission. And so we have the table as a place to call home, but we also have prayer fueling our sense of mission and purpose as we receive it from God. Jesus says to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, what does it mean to hallow the name of God? To hallow means to revere, to hold in all, to set apart as different and unique. The name of God and therefore God should be set apart and above all things. This provides a sense of deep significance for our lives. It is actually possible for us to live our lives in such a way that we bring God praise and honor, that we are God's PR people, that we want to live in such a way that we enhance the reputation of God. We enhance what people in our world and around us think of God. Another way to say this, I've said this before in teaching times, but it's worth repeating, that we are called to live doxologically. The Greek word doxa means praise and honor. The word logos means word. So let your life be a word of praise to God. The familiar ending to the Lord's Prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, was added in the church later. But it's also a wonderful prayer to consider for our lives. God, allow your kingdom work to be done through me. That is significance. God, allow your prayer to be at work in what I do. That is significance. God, no matter what I do, I want people to see you in me. That is significant. Now, what if you started each day of 2021 from this point forward, from January 17th or whenever you're hearing this forward, with the following questions to God in prayer? God, how do you want to accomplish your agenda through my life today? God, what do I need to do to realize your power at work in my life today? God, how will you be seen by others in my life today? Kingdom, power, glory. Jesus says to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Earth as it is in heaven. Now again, Stay with me. The bridge is coming. In the Old Testament, the place where earth and heaven collided was the temple. God's presence was considered to reside in the Holy of Holies. Heaven and earth connected. Heaven and earth coming together. Now go to the New Testament. And we learn that our bodies are what? We are what? We are temples for the Holy Spirit. Now some of our temples may have expanded a little bit during COVID. God is okay if we downsize our temple to get in shape a little bit, seriously. Disciples of Jesus become that place in the world where heaven and earth come together, where they're connected like a bridge. Our prayers of praise bridge God's activity in the realm of everyday life. 
And when we pray for God's will, his love, and his good to reign, we are asking for heaven and earth to be connected in our lives. Think about the bridges here in the DMV. The Woodrow Wilson Bridge connects Virginia to Maryland. The Memorial Bridge connects Virginia to D.C. When we travel over those bridges, we're connected, even though they're really close, and, and, but we're connected to other cultures and influences. In prayer, we want the needs and the concerns of earth to be heard in heaven. And in our lives, we want the rule and reign of heaven to reign and rule on earth connected like a bridge. How does this shape our prayer life in a very practical way? It shows you what to pray for. I mean, think about it. I mean, it starts to build out your prayer list. There's no violence in heaven. So we want to pray for an end to violence on earth and work toward that end. There's no injustice in heaven. So we want to pray for justice here on earth and we want to stand against injustice. There's no division in heaven, so we want to seek peace and unity here on earth. By the way, those two, justice and reconciliation, peace, go hand in hand. When there has been an unjust or violent act committed, in order for there to be true peace and true reconciliation, the offending party has to admit they were wrong. Be willing to face the consequences, repent, and to be reconciled. Reconciliation on earth mirrors our salvation peace with God, but with a twist. In order to be reconciled to God, we have to admit that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We have to repent and turn from a life revolved around self and turn to a life revolved around Christ. What's the twist? Christ took our penalty on the cross. He died the death that we should have died, and he gave us his life so that we could truly live. Now, does this mean those who commit evil acts here on earth, if they just confess and ask God to forgive them, that they don't need to face justice? No, not at all. There are many, many Christians in prisons paying their debt to society who have been forgiven and saved by the blood of Jesus. There's no poverty, for example, or hunger in heaven. We need to work for poverty and hunger on earth. What does it mean for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? There's no bad religion in heaven. We need to work as the church and call out bad religion here on earth. I know Brian mentioned it last week and I'll say it again. The heinous acts done by some last week were done as they were carrying Jesus signs. And I saw one news report where the rioters were actually in prayer before they started rioting. This is bad religion. This is not what our Lord wants done in his church. And it, it is not what our Lord wants done in his name. So prayers like this bridge. In prayer, we ask for the two cultures to connect, we plead with God to work in our lives and in our circumstances here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Praying for God's will in your life to be done, praying for God's rule to reign is building a bridge between what is and what can be by the grace of God.
Let me talk about our, our last two images uh, just briefly here because I, I know our time is, is, is moving on us. But let's, let's consider, so we have prayer as a table. We have prayer as a bridge. As our prayers of praise and our prayers for God's will connects heaven and earth. Then the image that comes up here is a prayer as a, a shield. Jesus said that we should pray, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, two textual issues are important here. First of all, temptation. God does not seek to lead us into temptation or to entice us to sin in any way. The same word for temptation here is used for trials and testing. And then there's the concept of the evil one. The traditional translation of this phrase ends with the word evil, but in the actual grammar, it is personified. So this is accurate. Jesus not, does not say deliver us from evil like it's some vague reality. No, he personifies it and said, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from Satan. Deliver us from the devil. So put this together. The disciple of Jesus is to pray that when we go through those times in life that are trials, when we are tested, and we all are, protect and deliver us from the evil one who will use those times to cause us to lose heart and to turn away from God, even in the moment. Prayer then becomes like our shield. We pray and we seek spiritual protection from God or for God, the spiritual protection of God. Now, how seriously do you take the reality of spiritual battle in your life? I think Christians can err on, on two extremes. And, and I've mentioned this before, but some may see the devil in everything. You know, the gnat's lost, so the devil must be working on Nat's field. Or I stubbed my toe, the devil's working overtime today. When we see the devil in everything, we may actually diminish the serious nature of the spiritual battle. The other extreme is to, to dismiss the evil one as only for horror movies or for Halloween. Listen to how St. Peter described Satan in his letter to Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. He said this in 1 Peter 5, 8. He said, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you hear that warning? You're going to face trials. Be on guard. And the way we're on guard is to continually pray for spiritual protection. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. Gentle question this morning. How often do you pray for spiritual protection? Do you pray for spiritual protection as much as you do physical protection? God is our shield. Lastly, Prayer as community. Prayer as community building. Notice when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you don't use words like I, me, or mine. This is an inclusive prayer in which we are invited to the table and household of our Lord with others. So we pray words like our Father, give us this daily bread. Give us our daily bread. For deliver us. Forgive us as we forgive others. There's all that us, our, and others. It's the beauty of being God's people. We're reminded that life is not a solo journey. And we pray for and with others. We pray for the sake of the community of disciples. As we pray for others, we're invited 
into their story, to walk with them and support them in their journey. And we're reminded that prayer is an invitation to heal our relationships. Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I know we've talked about this, but the Bible says that we all have debt before God and that God is owed payment or restitution for our sins in the good news. Hear the good news today that God made that payment when Christ died on the cross. Have you ever had someone pay a debt that you owe? The sense of release that it brings? Well, God has done this for you. Yet we see that Jesus adds a twist here right in this prayer, doesn't he? We are to be forgiven in the same measure that we extend forgiveness to others. Now, what does this mean? This prayer invites us to pursue reconciliation and forgiveness with others. And if we are unwilling to forgive, then we are not in the state of heart to truly seek and receive forgiveness from God. This reminds us that the life of God constantly pulls us into community with others, even enemies, as Jesus taught us to love, you know, constantly loving, constantly forgiving, constantly being willing to stand ready for reconciliation. Will you commit to praying regularly with others in 2021? So prayer our nation needs it. We all need it. Our congregation needs it. Our city needs it. What a powerful way to consider what we can do as God's people in such a time as this. So I would like for us to close this morning by using these four images to guide us through silent prayer and then by praying together the Lord's Prayer. And I invite you uh, to bow your head. And I'm just going to walk us through uh, these images, and then I'll start us in the Lord's Prayer. So we talked about prayer as an invitation to community. Examine your life this morning. Ask God if there's someone that you need to forgive and receive the invitation to God's table and extend forgiveness. We talked about prayer as a shield in our spiritual protection. Get specific. Is there a certain sin that has a grip on you? Is there a certain circumstance that causes you to stumble over and over? Ask God to protect you and to be your shield. Prayer as a bridge. Ask God to lead you to live a life that connects the realities of earth with the possibilities of heaven. Thy kingdom come, right? Thy will be done. Ask God to work in your life in such a way that the possibilities of heaven explode around you. And then prayer is the table. Thank God for loving you, receiving you into his family, and giving you a seat at his table. Pray 
for others that they will come to know him. So let's pray together as our Lord taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then we will add for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Indeed, let this beautiful prayer be your benediction today. Let it be your blessing. Let it be your sending as you go out into the world that God so wonderfully and deeply loves. Amen and amen. Great being with you uh, in this virtual way. God's blessings on your week. Hope to see you soon.